Hello, friends. I am so excited um, to be back with you. Uh, we'll get into why I have been gone <laughs> at a later date. Um, but this morning, I wanted to come back to you and talk a little bit more about forgiveness. I think I touched on it uh, in previous episodes a little bit, but um, obviously, there is yet some forgiveness that needs to take place in my own heart. Remember, I'm only sharing to you my experiences. I'm not here to preach to you or at you about what you need to do. I'm just sharing with you what I have and am experiencing in the hopes that somebody else may may be helped in that. Okay. So about forgiveness, I saw this analogy analogy while I was sitting in my big comfortable chair um, this morning. And this forgiveness is like this, this, this deep pool, this deep pool of water, this like lagoon that in order to really experience it and to give it, we need to plunge in or I need to plunge into it. So forgiveness is not a shallow pool, you know, that you got set up in your backyard that you can take a dip in. When somebody offends you, you know, I can just splash around in it a little bit and, you know, then I'm okay. Um, it's not that wading pool where I can, okay, okay, that offense was a little little more uh, aggressive than the last. Let me sit down in this pool and, you know, it's deep enough for me to sit in. It's deep enough. It goes up to my waist, maybe up to my chest, but it doesn't go over my head. I don't get my hair wet. It's not that kind of pool. It's, it is like, uh, like I said, that lagoon that's waiting at the bottom of a steep, rocky cliff. Um, the waters, they get darker where it's deepest, right? So the more shallow waters that surround the deepest areas, although they might be deep, they still let me see what's at the bottom of that water so I can see the coral reef or I can see, you know, the rocks at the bottom of the water. I can see the fish that may be swimming there or whatever, but it's in that, that deep, dark dark blue water that I can't see what's beneath the surface. And that's what forgiveness is like. That's what I liken it to this morning. Um, because when a person that's not so close to me offends me, it's easy to, you know, brush that off. Oh, you know, you may think about, you may think about, I may think about it, uh, you know, a couple of, couple days or you know a little while or whatever but it's easy to just wash that off it's easy to splash around in forgiveness when the offense is not so great or it's not coming from certain people or persons but when it does penetrate so deep then the forgiveness that I need to immerse myself in is that deep dark, mysterious water, right? It's that plunge that I need to take that sends me into the unknown. I don't know 
what's under the surface of those dark waters. I don't know what's deep in there in the in the part that I can't make out, that I can't see. So how does that correlate in my mind? What I'm saying is there are some things that have happened or taken place that obviously I have been resistant to forgive because I don't know what's going to take place if I jump off into that type of forgiveness, into that level level or that depth of forgiveness. I don't know. I don't know if, if I'll be hurt again. I don't know if they'll say it again or do it again. I don't know. You know, I don't know what lies beyond that. But I know I need to take that plunge. And so I find myself on that cliff, staring down into the deep. And just like if I were really on that cliff looking down, to say I'm hesitant is an understatement. But that type of forgiveness is exactly what's necessary for me to move forward. So there's no way around that either. There's no bridge for me to walk over. There's no overpass for me to skate by it. I mean, I have got to take that plunge. And that alone strikes fear. Okay. So I know it's easy to preach, teach, and prophesy forgiveness. It's easy. It's easy to say what we need to do, say what I need to do. It's easy to quote the scriptures that support how God feels about forgiveness, but then the action is where the conflict lies. I don't have a problem with going to the scripture and seeing what it says and hearing a preacher or somebody tell me, well, this is what you need to do. That's the easy part. It's easy even to really believe because I had believed that I had forgiven, especially when I'm out of the situation, it seems to be over or the person who brought the offense is out of touch with me or maybe the person apologized and, you know, we both feel like we can move on and get beyond it. So it's one thing to splash around on a beach or even swim, you know, in shallow, clear water. But it's another thing and it takes another level of courage and endurance to jump into deep, dark waters. Forgiveness, the way that the Bible prescribes it in Matthew 6 and 14 in the Amplified Bible, to forgive people their reckless and willful sins, look, to leave them, to let them go, to give up resentment, that may not be as easy as we want it to be. And I am a living witness that it's not as easy as I thought it would be. So I have been thinking about Jonah and, and that's a, a some Bible history that I think most of us know, Jonah and the whale. And we don't see, I'm not going to say what we don't see. I had missed a lot about what was going on with Jonah. This is classic unforgiveness. <laughs> I mean, it's evident 
that some of us, me being one of those people, do and or will struggle with forgiveness. So Jonah's whole encounter with the fish that was large enough to swallow him whole was as a result of his refusal to obey God. Because why? His unforgiveness. He had bitterness in his heart toward the people of Nineveh. So here's a quick synopsis of the story. God wants him to go to this this city and preach to them repentance. In other words, tell them God is not happy with what you're doing. You need to change your ways. Da, 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 da. Jonah didn't want to go. The Bible says when God told him, Jonah, go to Nineveh, Jonah got up and was like, no, nah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm getting out of here. He went and bought a ticket to get on a ship to go to another town. Hence, all of this stuff starts going awry and bottom line, he gets thrown overboard. You know, the people didn't want to throw him overboard, but it was like, hey, we all going to die because you disobeying God. But anyway, you have to read the history between Nineveh, the city, and Israel. But it was so bad that Jonah didn't even want God to forgive the people of Nineveh. That's in Jonah chapter four, verse two, he says to God, it's better that I die. I just want to die because I know if I would go to preach to them and tell them and they would repent that you would forgive them. I know that you would. So he didn't want to go. He didn't want to tell them. He was bitter and he knew that God would forgive them if they repented. Jonah was so angry about it that he prayed that God, he asked God to take his life. So thank God for his mercy because he didn't kill him. But I found myself in Jonah's shoes, even angry at the thought that God would revoke his sentence, you know, punishment on this person or that person for what they did, what they said, whatever, knowing that if they repent, God can forgive them. Now, that's not to say there won't be consequences to their actions, but they'll be forgiven. And really, when you think about it, does anybody, because they offended me, do they deserve eternal damnation? Do they deserve that? No. And that's not right. And that's easy to say, but it's not so easy to do. I mean, I don't blatantly want anybody to burn in a lake of fire for eternity because they made me mad. That's ridiculous. But my actions say otherwise. So I know what the Bible says about forgiveness, and I really do choose God. But I'm telling you, I know it's possible because I lived it to want to to say I have, to believe I have forgiven someone, but still have unforgiveness in my heart for them. How? Well, one thing I realized I was doing, or I believe the Holy Spirit showed me that I was doing, is I was rehearsing the hurt. So what am I saying? I mean, every now and again, I think about it. Sometimes I see something that reminds me of it. And I start playing back over in my mind what was said, what was done, who did what. I'm rehearsing what hurt me. So forgiveness is almost impossible. I'm fighting against myself, so it seems, to forgive. I'm saying I forgive, but then I'm, I'm constantly 
playing back in my mind like a play, like a movie. I'm constantly rewinding the tape to see it again, to hear it again, to feel it again. I'll I'll never get to forgiveness like that. So I'm saying I forgive. I'm announcing forgiveness. But my actions, even in my own heart and mind, are counterintuitive. And now I'm warring with myself, within myself. Because I'm saying one thing, but I'm doing another. And it's not even a doing that's outward. It's inward. It's it's inward. It's the thoughts that come that I don't get rid of. It's the the attention that the enemy calls to whatever the situation or circumstance was that I don't just get rid of. I don't cast it down. I don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's no different than have any other kind of thought that I, you know what? I don't want to think like that and, and let that go. It's no different, but because it hurt me, I, I can, I it tend to want to nurse that and give it life and coddle it and, you know, hold it and swaddle it like a baby. But that's what keeps me in a place of unforgiveness. So now where are the thoughts coming from? Well, the Bible tells us that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Listen, that doesn't just mean that I'm not fighting another person. I'm not warring against myself. I'm warring against, the Bible says, despotisms, wickedness, master spirits, rulers in high places. I'm warring against things like tyranny or dictatorship. I'm warring against oppression and repression and suppression and depression. I'm warring. Don't, depression is in the mind, right? You know, I mean, it's in the mind. <laughs> oppression is in the mind, right? Now you can have physical oppressors, but If you oppress a person in there, if a person is oppressed in their thoughts, that's within themselves. So I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, the person that offended me. I'm wrestling against spiritual wickedness, master spirits in high places. And the Bible says these things live in the heavenly sphere or the supernatural realm. So what does that say about them? That says that they are opposing forces. They have greater foresight than human. They have greater insight than mankind. They have more patience than us. They have, they never tire. They're never sleepy. They have more knowledge and understanding of us, humankind, than we have of ourselves most of the time. And they use and influence people just like God does. I'm going to say that again. They use and influence people just like God uses and influences people to carry out and to bring his will and to bring forth his kingdom. So why do I find myself angry with those around me who are oftentimes unwittingly, unknowingly, I said oftentimes because it's not always that people don't know what they're doing, but oftentimes they don't even realize that they're serving as an instrument in the enemy's plan of distraction and or destruction in my life. Why do I lose sight 
of the fact that I'm not wrestling against another person, but rather a force or forces that are trying to distract me and destroy me. And how do I get to the place of Matthew 6 and 14, that place where I am leaving it, letting it go, and giving up resentment? How do I get there? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to talk at you as if I got it all together. I figured it out. I know how to do it. Because like I said in the beginning, sometimes it's real easy to forgive it. What, whatever the offense might be, whoever their person may be, it, it's easy to say, you know what? Don't even worry about it and keep it moving. And then other times it could be with the same person. It could be the same offense. I don't know. But for me, in other times, it was no sweat, no big deal, didn't matter, didn't mean anything, easy to get over and move on. Obviously, this time has not been so simple. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to apologize that I don't have it all together. I ain't there yet. And I'm not afraid to be honest and say to you, because I've heard before and I just grabbed it. I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks is that God is not asking for me to share myself from a place of perfection because I'm not perfect. I am in this world. I am in this human. I am encased in this human flesh. And there are things that are going to happen. The Bible tells us there we will have trials and tribulations. So I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be tested. I'm going there. If I'm not, listen, if there was no possibility of me failing a test, then God wouldn't test me. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, I'm not going to say I got it all together because I don't. But I know this. If I wait to be perfect before I share with anybody anything because I have the answer, if I wait for that, I never share anything with anybody. And I do know this. God is perfecting me as I go and as I learn. And this thing, this right here that I'm certain of is that it is dangerous to stay in a place of unforgiveness. So I'm moving forward. I'm moving toward Matthew 6, 14. And a part of that is that I know how to recognize when I haven't forgiven the person, whatever, people, persons, whatever. One way is when that person commits the same offense, when they do it again, or they do something close enough to reminding me of all the other times they committed the offense. And that pain is still fresh. and. It's still like it it just happened. I'm not I'm not in forgiveness. Also, when the sight of, the mention of, or even just the thought of that person or incident makes me angry or sad, or the thought of them being in a situation or in a position to hurt me again bothers me, I'm not in forgiveness. 
I haven't dove into forgiveness. Another one, when I encounter that person and I anticipate them doing or saying something that sets me off, and or if if I'm if I'm just waiting for the opportunity to light into them, like to like you know to whoo, to let go of all of the anger and frustration and everything that I've been carrying, I'm not in forgiveness. And I know that when these things start to crop up, when I start to feel that way about situations or see these those instances happening. In any given circumstance or situation, I know that I need to run to Jesus. I don't walk, don't skip, don't hop. I need to run. I mean, this ain't a matter of I'm just going to whisper Jesus or Lord have mercy. Mm -mm. I need to holler. Lord, I need you now. I need to immediately call on the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. That is his role as the third person of the Godhead to help us in our time of need. And that, my friends, is a time of need. When I start to replay things in my mind, how somebody hurt me, when I see something that reminds me of how they hurt me, when I start to feel like I can't wait to see them again, or I wish they would, or I know I'm finna see them soon. And and if this happened, oh, oh my God, I'm so deep. I'm so, so far away from that pool of forgiveness. I'm so far away from that pool. Look, I'm not even at the beach. I'm all the way somewhere in the city. I ain't nowhere near the water. So, Expressing this simply helps me to recognize it. I can see it. I can deal with it. Not in my own strength, not on my own, but God is showing me how to deal with it. And I just wanted to share it with you because you may be walking around with unforgiveness and not even realize it. So until I share again, be blessed.